Welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Well, today we are very honoured to have uh, Yara Miska from the École Hôtelier de Lausanne join us. Yara, I am going to let you introduce yourself and, of course, your university. So, over to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeremy. So, my name is Yara. I am half German, half Brazilian, and I'm very happy to say that I'm also an alumna from EHL, École Hôtelier de Lausanne. We are now also a business school. I graduated a long time ago, uh, 2010, and after I graduated, I spent a couple of years in hospitality, working in hotels such as the Armani Hotel, Palazzo Versace, and um, the Kempinski Hotels in Dubai. And after seven years in the Middle East, I had enough, <laughs> and I came back to Switzerland. Yara, could you actually describe where your university is located? Because some of our listeners might not be too clear about the geography. Sure. We are very conveniently located in Switzerland, very safe place, uh, not too far from Austria. And um, we are in Lausanne. Uh, Lausanne is a very beautiful, dynamic city, which has a lot of other universities. It's quite international. And um, the EHL campus in Lausanne itself is on a mountain. It's called Chalet Agobe. And you just tell me if you want to have any further information about that. I've, of course, been to Lausanne many, many times and, of course, visited EHL. And it is a lovely location. Um, how about the transport connections? I mean, how does someone actually get from the airport to Lausanne? Or what, which is the nearest airport? The next airport is the Geneva airport, which is about 45 minutes by train. And then you get to the middle of Lausanne, the train station in the city. And then you just have to take the bus that comes straight uh, up to in front of our campus. Um, since we have a new campus, we have a much bigger bus station. And we also have a direct access from um, a road called the Route de Bern, which is quite a high a big road which connects Bern and Lausanne. Now, some people might not have been to Europe or to Switzerland, and they possibly come from uh, warm climate parts of the world. Um, what is the weather like? What sort of clothing should someone bring if they're going to come and live in Lausanne? Well, Jeremy, let me tell you, today it's a winter wonderland out there. We are in January. Um, it's about minus two degrees, and I am wearing four layers. So if they come to Lausanne, um, it is a European city. It can get very cold because EHL campus is actually on the mountain. So we are we tend to have more snow than the city, which is very beautiful. Um, in the summer, the temperatures go up to about 25, 27 degrees. So we do have some uh, beautiful summer days as well. Sounds like a very nice climate. Now we've established where EHL is located and a little bit about the weather. Um, perhaps we should move on and talk a little bit about the university itself. Um, is EHL a private university or a government-owned university? Um, well, EHL is owned by a foundation, the EHL Foundation. We are a non-profit organization. So I think probably what our listeners would like to hear about, or one of the many things they'd like to hear, is uh, 
you're talking about the facilities that your university has. I know it's it's a top university with excellent facilities because I've been many times, but perhaps you could describe this for the benefit of our listening, you know, the teaching spaces, the libraries, the sports facilities, uh, etc. Sure. The best way to really describe it is to invite you. So whoever wants to know about the campus, really please feel free to contact us and come and see the campus for yourself. But uh, because we are just talking today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the facilities. Um, we have a new campus. Our brand new campus uh, has just opened last year, which includes various sports facilities, such as a new pool. We have a a soccer court, a basketball court, a tennis court. We have a brand new gym as well. We have opened um, a new accommodation for our, for our students. So we have three buildings that uh, can host up to uh, 900 students in the student accommodation. Um, on the other side, we have the actual teaching facilities that you might be interested in because we are um, very practical. At EHL, we also have kitchens and fridges and uh, obviously classrooms as well, but our students do spend a lot of time also in operations. So that's why we have a lot of restaurants and our facilities themselves are very diverse. Um, are, are, are students actually um, uh, mainly living on the campus during their study uh, undergraduate years or, or do they tend to sort of live off campus? Mm -hmm. No, when they start, they have a very um, strict schedule. So that means they might have to get up at 5 a.m. to work the early shift uh, in the restaurants or in the kitchens. That means they prefer to live on campus. They can just walk right from their dorm straight into the kitchen. Uh, it takes them about maybe five minutes. And when they come back from their internship, they usually prefer to live off campus because they want a little bit more privacy and the campus um, accommodation. They also don't have a kitchen. They normally share their room with somebody and for a little bit more privacy they prefer to live off campus once they come back. I see. Um, your your students of course um, also have some quite strict regulations in the sense of of course they, they have to be very professional in their conduct uh, because they have been trained to to take out top jobs in large organizations. Um, I think you have something called a dress code. They have to dress in, in, in a certain way at EHL. Is that correct? That is correct, Jeremy. We do have a dress code. We don't just have a dress code. We also have a dress code police, which we might be the only campus that has that. Um, our dress code is very professional. It's professional attire. We have the occasional casual day here and there on a Friday when there are not that many people on campus. But uh, our dress code generally um, implies wearing a tie for gentlemen, being freshly shaven. For example, the girls have to have their hair tied up exactly, uh, wearing stockings and um, so quite professional. I know that when, when I visited your campus, I was very impressed by the, 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 the turnout of the students and, and not, not only the, the way they were dressed, but they had a very professional attitude when, when, when dealing with, with visitors and also with, with each other. Um, so I was uh, thinking yeah, this is de definitely a big plus, I think, for any students who go there because it, it really gets them into the habit of you know, presenting themselves in, a, in an appropriate fashion. Now, um, some universities, you, you just mentioned that you have a new campus. 
and we've been talking about your campus in Lausanne. Um, do you have any other campuses in different locations around the world? We do. We have uh, another campus in the German part of Switzerland, which would be in Pasuk, um, in the canton of Kur. We also have another campus in Singapore, which is brand new. We just opened last year. I see. So if, if a student is wondering, you know, which of these campuses to go to, I mean, what advice would you give a student? Which campus to go to? Yes. Um, it's really a personal decision because the campus in Lausanne, um, we have about 3,500 students on this campus and it is very vibrant and very dynamic. So the students who would prefer to study in Lausanne, um, they're also academic, but they're also very open. And if you have a student that prefers a little more quiet, a little cozier environment, who prefers to have more one-to-one -one contact with their teachers and their, um, their tutors, for example, they have smaller classes in Pasuk. Then you have the other students that really want to have the full international experience, especially if they are from Europe. Then you can go all out and study in Singapore. The preparatory year, once we start talking a little bit more about um, our program itself, the first semester is always in um, Lausanne, except when you're in Pasuk. But if you want to study in Singapore, for example, you would do the preparatory year in Lausanne and then go to Singapore. So is it possible for a student who's registered to study in Lausanne to maybe do a semester or a year in Singapore as part of their course? Well, it used to be. We are looking into that again. For the moment, we have stopped that. Um, the classes in Singapore are just too small and we have a lot of students from Lausanne who want to do that. Um, we're going to look into that again in a couple of semesters. I see. Um, so where do your students come from? Are, are they very international or are they mainly Swiss or mainly European? Well, we are a Swiss university in Switzerland. We have a third of our students every semester that are Swiss nationals. About 20% are French because we offer the English program and the French program. So our students have the option to choose which language they want to study in. Um, and the rest uh, of our students would be a mix of very, very international uh, so you have students from the US, from South America, we have various European countries that come to study at EHL. When you walk through our corridors, you will hear all kinds of languages, but mostly French and English. So if a student comes uh, to study in Lausanne, which of course is located in the French speaking part of Switzerland, if that student does not speak any French, um, he or she will obviously be following the English taught course. Do, do you also offer the opportunity for those students to, to, to learn the French language in, in addition to their regular studies, or is it an integral part of the program? I would say that they it's up to them. We do offer French classes, and while they're living here, they would most certainly could take advantage um, of studying English and uh, sorry, studying French and learning French but um, they would get through their studies if they wanted to without having to speak French. So you don't have to speak French to study at EHL, but you could take advantage and learn the language. Presumably it would be a, a bonus for future career prospects to be able to speak French, a large international language, obviously. And 
Not to mention, of course, it, it would just uh, be a little bit easier if you're living in a French-speaking country or French-speaking city. Exactly. Um, we do offer it because we want our students to be able to order a pizza or communicate with their Uber driver here in Lausanne. And mostly <laughs> the people around the city do speak French. Yes. Um, we, we were talking about uh, the fact that, that you have three campuses, two in Switzerland and one in Singapore. Um, do you have any sort of relationships with other universities around the world for exchange programs or, or is it sort of limited to sort of Singapore and Switzerland for your students? For EHL itself, uh, we for the undergraduate program, we do not have other universities where we offer our program. However, we do work very closely with uh, universities like Bocconi and IE when we do the European University Consortium tours, as you know. Um, for the master's program, we do work with the university in Houston and the university in Hong Kong. Um, one question I, I often get asked by, by students is um, the rankings. Now, we've actually made um, a separate podcast on this topic because it, it's quite a large topic to deal with. Um, could you tell us um, how EHL uh, uh, performs in the rankings? Yes, <laughs> I'd be very happy to. We have been number one in the QS ranking for four years. Um, for hospitality universities in the world, uh, we also have a Michelin star restaurant that we got uh, in 2019 and we still have it. Um, and then we have been ranked also four years in a row now, number one by our employers. So the people, the companies that come and employ our students that recruit them from uh, EHL, they have uh, ranked them as their number one. Now, EHL, of course, is um, a specialized university. Can you just describe the courses which are on offer to your students? Yes. Well, we do specialize on one particular course. We're not like some other universities that have 100 courses that offer various uh, industry-related courses. So we are a hospitality management university, which focuses also on business. Um, so our Bachelor of Science in International Hospitality is the degree. Um, the courses that we offer are mainly related to hospitality. And then you have the second pillar that is finance and the third pillar that is marketing. Now, I, heard, I saw your face when I mentioned finance. Uh, a lot of people think that finance is not really um, a topic that you need to think about when talking about hospitality, but actually math and finance and accounting are very, very important subjects for EHL. I think it, it might be worth pointing out that, I mean, a lot of students, when, when they hear the word hospitality or hotel school, they think that they're going to end up sort of, I know, serving in the dining room or working behind the reception desk at a hotel. Um, is this actually true or do your, do your graduates go on to a variety of other jobs, potentially at least? Yeah. Would it be okay if I talk a little bit about the program itself on the, at this point? Please do. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, EHL offers the opportunity to our students to start off uh, really at the lowest part because we want our um, students to become the leaders of tomorrow, obviously. And for that, you cannot be the boss if you haven't done the job, right? So they really start off, it's going to sound harsh, 
cleaning toilets and making beds and working in the kitchen, chopping tomatoes. Um, so they are going to do that part of the job at the beginning, only for six months. And it's going to be a fun part of the job because they're going to do it in a group um, and they have the opportunity to really get to know the campus because they're going to be spending one week per department. So one week at the bar mixing cocktails, then one week at the kitchen, um, then one week in service. So they're going to get to know all of these different departments. Then they move on to doing their internship. Their internship is going to be wherever they want it to be. They can do it in service or in front office or housekeeping. Uh, it has to be in a hotel for the first internship, just for them to really get the discipline that we need from the hospitality um, industry. And then once they come back from their internship, they move on to the theoretical part. Um, now I'm just going to look down here because we have a couple of very interesting classes in the bachelor program from the theoretical side, which is financial accounting, microeconomics, macroeconomics, statistics, revenue management. Um, we even have crisis management and um, really various um, subjects that the students go into uh, a more business side of things. Then they have a second internship where they can decide if they want to focus a little bit more on finance or marketing or, for example, human resources, um, or they want to leave the industry completely and work for, for brand management, for example. So their second internship is a managerial internship. And then they finish uh, by coming back on campus and doing a student business project, which uh, is a project where they work with an actual client. And then hopefully so, they graduate. <laughs> Yeah, so if, if I've understood this correctly, a student who comes to EHL will be doing a program which um, consists of obviously academic studies uh, in Lausanne and, and also internships. So how long does a bachelor program actually last? Because I'm thinking with internships, it presumably stretches the, 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 the length of the program beyond the, the standard three-year bachelor course. Yes, well, the typical bachelor you mentioned it is three years. EHL added the first year, which we call preparatory year, which is the actual operational part of the study. Um, every internship that they do, they have two at EHL, is six months. And these are mandatory internships, but I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't call them an extension of the study. I would call it a, re a real benefit because when they do those internships, they um, gain work experience. They don't just uh, work to to have the internship done, but they also learn how to apply, how to um, send out the CV, how to stay in touch with their potential new employers. So by the time they graduate, they don't just have the diploma. The difference between EHL be that they have the diploma and they have the confidence. They really go out there and they have been in touch with the industry. And so your your students, having sort of been through this this whole whole process, um, are obviously very well positioned to to move on into the world of work. Um, but perhaps before we get to that, the, these internships um, are they paid internships? Do the students stay in Switzerland to to do them, where presumably salaries are higher than they would be in in some other countries of the world? Yeah, um, if the student wants to earn a little bit more money, then they would definitely stay in Switzerland because the minimum salary in Switzerland is higher than most salaries. 
um, if they want to take this opportunity to just travel. We had students that just wanted to get as far away as possible and then they went to New Zealand or Australia. It is a great chance because imagine you're uh, 18, 19, 20 years old and you get to do the six months internship and you get to go wherever you want and you know that if you love it, you can always go back. But if you don't like it, it's just for six months and you can always come back. Um, and this is the chance for them to really explore the world. And the six months internship really gives them an opportunity to mature. And if they want to do the focus on the internship itself, then they would have to maybe um, not take a pay <laughs> because if they want to get paid, then they would have to stay in Switzerland. I see. It sounds like a wonderful, exciting opportunity. And it's clearly a program that offers much, much more than you would normally find uh, if you just went to a, a regular university and did some sort of business program. Um, but because it's also an academic program at EHL, um, how do you assess the students? Is, is it uh, on problem-based learning uh, or the, the teaching style? Is it problem-based learning? Is it more lecture-based learning? Is, is it very hands-on? Yes, we have a little mix of, uh, of several uh, teaching styles. It is more problem-based learning, I would say, um, because we do have a lot of um, um, teachers and professors that are actually from the industry. So our lecturers, they are from the industry. They are mostly even alumni from EHL that are working. And then they come back to EHL and give a lecture here and there. Um, and we have 50% uh, of, our, of our professors are also uh, PhD professors. I presume your, your teaching staff uh, reflect the diversity of the student body in, in, in the sense that they come from many different countries. They are very international. Yeah. You will find everything. <laughs> um, so assessment, uh, do your students have to take a final exam or what's, uh, what happens in, in this respect? Well, we do. Um, we are an accredited university, so we are under the Ministry of Education, and we also have the the NETSHA, so the New England um, accreditation. That means um, we do have to have a minimum requirement in terms of the academics. However, we also have a holistic approach, so we look at the student as a person. Um, we want to get to know this uh, candidate. We want to get to know, let's say, Marie is applying to EHL. We want to get to know Marie. We want to know who is she, what are her likes and her dislikes, uh, what are her strengths, has she done internships before, is she really motivated for hospitality, um, what does she know about EHL. That's why during our um, interview process, we also include our student body. So we have actual current students from EHL sitting in the interviews with us asking questions. That means that they are going to ask the candidate um, to find out how does this candidate fit into the EHL culture. Yeah, because I understand that uh, most of your applicants will be students, high school students who achieve good grades in school, high grades in school. Uh, but um, I'm guessing here that, that you are looking for something a little bit more than that, someone who's going to fit into the whole ethos of what is, after all, a very special university. Um, because I think that you, you are really sort of looking for the sort of person who can go out and be a success in the industry. Um, I think that the, the listeners, you know, high school students listening to this are always interested to sort of try and, and find out what exactly is it you want. When, when you're interviewing someone, when you meet someone coming to EHL, 
um, is, is this sort of one special character trait or, or just a special something which gives that student the edge and you take him or her and not the other one who's got yeah. equally as high academic grades? Yes. Um, well, we think of it as uh, getting married, right? Because you are getting married for four years. So it's important for us to find the right partner who fits to EHL. It's equally important for the student or for the candidate to find um, that EHL is the right fit for them. Because we often have candidates that are perfect on paper um, and they are not uh, really fitting to EHL because they came to EHL because they wanted um, to please their parents. Their parents are the ones who actually uh, told them to, to apply to EHL because of what kind of university we are. And uh, when they arrive here and they do the interview or we get to meet them, we find out they, did, they don't fit the EHL student profile because either they're very artistic, they don't want to um, follow the dress code, for example, or they're very introverted. Not, I'm not saying that introverted students cannot fit into EHL, but if you are the kind of person who wants a nine to five job at your office uh, in front of your computer, then EHL is not the right place for you. If you are open, if you want to travel, if you want to meet people, if you want to be able to work anywhere in the world, then you're going to be happy at EHL. Now, an important um, concern for many parents is, of course, that they, they realize that they're about to let their son and daughter go away from home and probably live in a, a country far away. And... It could be that that person has some social emotional problems or perhaps uh, settling, finds settling in difficult. What sort of support do you offer in that respect? Well, we do have a, a counselor on campus. Um, we also have a program called Students Helping Students that uh, is um, for emotional but also for uh, academics. So if students are struggling with keeping up in class and that puts a lot of pressure on them, then they can talk to uh, other students from older semesters. But we also have counselors on campus. We also have a nurse on campus for, for other purposes. I see, because I, th I think it's, it's really important for the sort of the peace of mind of the parents to, to and the students, of course, to, to know that uh, they're not in this alone, because very often 18 year olds come to a university and uh, they before they arrive, they don't quite realize maybe that they are going to be amongst a group of other people of the same age as them going through the same process. And I think students yeah. really support each other through, you know, the hard times as well as the good times. I see this often at graduation ceremonies when they're sort of so relieved, they throw the caps in the air and then they start reminiscing about, yeah, the good times and the bad times and how they've helped each other get through this together. Yes, Jeremy, maybe let me add something to that point because um, Yechao is also um, implementing or we have implemented in the last couple of years uh, a few really great tools to take this uh, away from the students so they don't they don't have to be afraid to coming on campus because I know it can be very overwhelming you're 17 you don't even know what you want to study and then suddenly you find yourself in this well, we're not that big a campus, but still big enough uh, if you come from a smaller international school. Um, and what we do is we give the students an opportunity once they have been accepted, they can um, 
attend family nights, for example, where we get the students that have been accepted together uh, in several different cities and they can meet each other. They can already start forming friendships and they know that they are going to start together in this semester. Um, so they sometimes they do shopping together when they have to prepare for coming on campus for certain shoes or, or for the dress code. Um, and they start to be in touch with each other before even starting the studies. Another thing that we do is the junior academy where they form real friendships uh, during the week that they spend on campus. So there are different ways for them to get in touch with students before they come on campus and start their studies. That sounds like excellent preparation. Now, we've talked a lot about the university and uh, about the academic program. Um, perhaps it's now time to sort of switch track a little bit and talk about, you know, the, the extracurricular, the sort of things that students do in, in their spare time, things like sports or artistic activities. What sort of um, facilities do you have for, yeah, for all of these sort of things, clubs, hobbies, societies, etc.? Well, when I see at all, when I look at all the things that we have uh, for our students, I wonder how many hours their day actually has because they have so many things. Um, we have 30 different clubs. We call them committees at EHL. Uh, it varies from uh, sports committees, like the ones that I mentioned before. You have tennis, uh, basketball, soccer. You have a rugby team as well. We also have a ski team because obviously we're very close to the mountains and uh, our students love to ski uh, one hour away. Um, then we have um, a sailboat, we have an aqua uh, um, water sports team, I think they're called. And uh, we also have a couple of other committees that are more focused on charities, for example, building schools in Indonesia, um, then events. If students are really interested in events planning, then we have several events on campus that the students can get involved in. Uh, so they are really, they're really busy. <laughs> Our students are not bored at all. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you have so many opportunities for the students, but of course the sad reality is that uh, students don't have enough time to do all of them. They have to be a little bit uh, sensible in, in managing their, their, their time between the, sort of the, uh, the work side of student life and the uh, extracurricular side. Um, That's true. But yeah. um, if I may just say, because EHL uh, is a, the kind of school that I think teaches students a lot of different aspects of, of life and it the class is actually not only happening in the classroom it also happens outside of the classroom and i think the students sometimes learn more from the committees and from their the friendships that they take from ehl than from the actual classes Although i think our classes are great <laughs> I think that's an excellent point you make because uh, I often say to my students here in the high school that you need to get involved in, in different sort of activities at university because you will be honing your transferable skills, your soft skills while doing, you know, you just mentioned sort of uh, organizing events on campus. Uh, all of the skills that you get from what is in effect an extracurricular activity will spill over into your professional life later on. Now, we were talking just now about students coming to EHL um, and when they first arrive, that first day, that first week, do you have some sort of orientation program to sort of help them all get settled in? Well, I think we could not take them more by the hand than what we do. We have something called the introduction week. 
at EHL when they arrive on campus, um, especially for the parents who are dropping off their kids at EHL for the first time. I'm saying they're kids, but they're not kids anymore. They're adults and they're starting university, but sometimes it's a bit difficult for parents to let go. So that very first day, we do allow the parents to walk around the campus with their um, children a little bit, with their sons or daughters. Um, we have several different uh, stands organized all out throughout the campus. For example, if you're moving to Switzerland from a country that is not in Europe, everything is even more new to you than if you are coming from Austria, for example. So we have uh, banks where you can set up your bank account. We have um, someone for health insurance. We have somebody for you to help to help you with your visa. We have somebody um, to help you with your um, uniforms because you're going to need several different uniforms working in the kitchen, working in service and so on. Somebody to give you your computer. So they go through all of these different uh, departments, all of these different stands with their parents. Their parents get to be part of it for a while. And then there is a ceremony where we say very clearly, this is just for the students and it's time to say goodbye. The parents can have a look at their, at their accommodation and then they must leave and leave their students here. This is the first day, but then we have a whole week of activities for the students to get to know Lausanne, to get to know the campus, to get to know each other, and to really mingle and um, really break the ice. Um, you, you mentioned ju just now that uh, the, the students need uniforms, I mean, for working in the kitchen, etc. Presumably EHL provides all of this for, for the students. Yes, we do. We will, um, once the student has been accepted, they will receive an email for enrollment. And the enrollment process includes giving uh, us their information in terms of uh, shoe size and so on. So we can prepare the uniforms once they arrive. Accommodation and food, what could be more appropriate at a hospitality university? Um, we've actually talked about the accommodation already, so perhaps if I just ask you to to describe, you know, yeah, the cafeterias, the canteens, I mean, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, would it help if I told you that everybody who works at EHL gains many, many kilos because we have 12 different food and beverage outlets. Our students, because they have the first semester where they get to work in the different food and beverage outlets, so we have several restaurants, including the Michelin star restaurant. Um, then we have uh, Grab and Go, which is a takeaway restaurant. We have several concepts where the students get to come up with a different concept uh, and implement it in a restaurant. Then we also have a food court the food court is not the typical cafeteria, but you know you have been here. Our yeah. food court offers very from, nice. <laughs> yes, from vegan options to pasta to meat to uh, Asian. We have whatever your heart desires in terms of food, you will find it at EHL. And because it's the students who do all this work, you're actually cooking for your fellow students. And now we've just opened two more restaurants. Uh, and one of them is completely vegan. That's, that's very interesting. Um, as, as far as the cost is concerned, obviously students are paying tuition fees and, and, and uh, for, um, for accommodation. Um, these meals, which they sort of pick up during the day at lunchtime, for example, are they all included or do they have to pay separately and extra for these meals? 
when they arrive uh, at EHL the first week, uh, they will receive a student card. This student card is worth a lot because it gives them access to the entire campus. They can print with their student card. They can also eat with their student card. So there's money on the card. Uh, this money is part of what is paid. Um, so it's a side of the tuition, but it's already money that their parents paid um, for them to be able to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, at, normally at the end, if they haven't used uh, it for every meal, then they will get their money back. But normally, let's face it, the students will uh, have the occasional um, cup of coffee or glass of wine here and there after exams. I'm not sure if that will be cut out as well. <laughs> but this is EHL. Exactly. After all, you can you can hardly expect uh, students to prepare for a life in uh, you know, top-notch universities uh, and uh, top-notch hotel chains without sampling at least or having an idea about about the wine. I mean, I guess some of them may even want to go on and become sommelier uh, in their future careers. Exactly. Okay. Wine tasting is one of our classes in the preparatory year. Now, it's time to talk about money uh, because clearly uh, students have to pay tuition fees and perhaps other costs as well. Could you just uh, outline what the costs are for students who come to EHL? Yes, sure. So would you like me to give you a specific amount? <laughs> if, if you're able to, I, yes, I or, or at least a, a ballpark figure. Yeah. Um, the students, when they, when they apply, the application um, fee that... Uh, that they have to pay just for the application is 100, around 175 francs, which is about the same in euros. Then for an international student, which means anyone who does not hold a Swiss passport, for all four years of study, around 170,000 Swiss francs. Again, we, at the moment, the Swiss franc and the euro are quite similar. For a Swiss student, it would be around 85,000. So it is, it is um, not a cheap university, but I also um, I find it important to mention that what you get for your, for your studies, um, you can't really measure that. I think I think it's it's also worth uh, mentioning. We, we we talked earlier on about the rankings, and EHL is ranked number one in the world. And I know that that your the employment prospects for your graduates are excellent. And so I suppose there there is a certain trade off or balance between um, the tuition fees which students have to pay, and then later on their potential for high earnings uh, during their careers. That's correct. Um, we have a 96% employment rate once the student graduates within six months. The students usually go either they go off and do their masters or they start work right away and they usually start work in quite high positions. That's correct. Um, it's also the contacts that you get at EHL. We were talking about the, the alumni network and the job opportunities that you meet actually within your studies because you get the chance to do your internships so you're actually meeting potential uh, employers for your future. This is all part of it. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier that uh, many of your of your lecturers, uh, the part-time ones, tend to be uh, EHL uh, alumni 
who who'd like to come back and sort of give back something to their alma mater. And I, th I think alumni associations are so important. And, a 96% employment rate is very impressive because obviously I look at these statistics from many, many different universities and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've ever seen one that's higher than 96%. So clearly the employment prospects are extremely good for your graduates. Um, while we're still on the topic of money, um, is there any financial aid or scholarships available for students who apply to EHL? Yes, we do. We have some uh, scholarship uh, options. Um, for Swiss students, uh, they can apply for scholarships in their respective canton. But for international students, um, we have an option of uh, tuition waiver once they uh, start the preparatory year. Uh, they would have to be on, um, well, the scholarships are generally on merit and need base, so they would have to send us some forms, uh, especially from their parents' side with, um, um, with their earnings, so we can evaluate who really needs one. And then it depends on how many people have applied for it and how, many, how much do we have. Um, then once they go off into the second part of their study, which means the three years after the preparatory year, where they actually start the bachelor program, they can apply for scholarships and they would have to apply every semester because if they, in order to get a scholarship, they would need to keep a certain grade average. I see. Um, in the, a lot of universities or countries, um, students look to have a sort of part-time job alongside their studying. Is, is this realistic for EHL students? Uh, yes, it is. It is definitely realistic, not uh, for the preparatory year because they will be very busy during the first semester. But once they come back from their internship, they can work. Um, another point that I wanted to just um, mention is because we were talking about the cost of EHL, we also have to keep in mind the number of hours that they are actually spending in the classroom. So the higher up they get from, uh, from the first semester up, all the way to BOSC 6, um, they have less and less classes. So that means they have to manage their time on their own because they have more and more teamwork. That also means that the, the higher they get, the more uh, time they would have to work. Some students, they prefer to work outside of EHL. So they get their jobs either in the city um, or uh, in, the, in the countries where they are from on the weekends. Um, but a lot of students actually stay on campus because we, the staff of EHL or the faculty, we need help, we need assistance. And who better than our uh, very qualified students? So there are a lot of academic assistants that are students. So our um, professors actually use students to to help them with um, with certain tasks and even us in our department of recruitment and admissions we have a lot of fairs that we attend we have a lot of travels that we need to cover and we cannot do that with our team all alone so we use our students and they are happy to travel for us and they get paid and in switzerland you know the pay is quite high so they're able to work even on campus Now, uh, students coming to EHL from all over the world, presumably then they're going to need a student visa to actually be in Switzerland and to study in Switzerland. How should one go about obtaining one? 
For visas, um, if we're talking about uh, students from Austria, they actually don't need a visa. You uh, arrive in Switzerland as, a, as an Austrian and you will get your visa upon arrival. There is a stand at EHL on the first day where you can apply and um, you can you can go to the commune which is not very far from the campus and you can fill in the forms ehl helps you with that um, but it's not a complicated process is uh, is that true for all eu citizens for eu yes yes for non-eu then they would have to apply at the swiss embassy in their respective countries before they depart to come to Before Switzerland. Before they depart, exactly. Yeah, I understand. Um, is, is there any evidence of language proficiency needed to obtain a visa? Ooh, uh, not that I know of. For the visa, it's not a requirement. It is yeah. a requirement to get accepted to EHL. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, some students um, study in a country and they, they fall in love with the country and they really want to stay there, perhaps medium term, long term. Is it possible to stay in Switzerland after graduation and work? It is possible to stay in Switzerland and work uh, after you've completed your studies. It is obviously easier for students who have an EU passport than a non-EU passport. Yeah, I mean, eventually, uh, I guess it's presumably possible to obtain Swiss nationality, although I, I assume that might take quite a long time. Um, to get the Swiss nationality, you would have to have spent 10 years in the country. I see. Yeah. OK. Now, sort of uh, changing tack a little bit. Uh, when students are researching courses at different universities, there's obviously slight differences between universities. What would you say is the is the real main strength of EHL? I mean, why, why would a student say, yes, EHL is the place I want to come to? Well, this is probably a question for our current students. They are the main ambassadors that um, tell EHL better than anyone else. But I would say it is that little something that you get as a student so not just the soft skills that you acquire throughout your studies uh, along with the hard skills but it's that confidence that i mentioned before so when you leave from any great business university you graduate and you get out there you're ready to um, apply for your first job you have this great degree in your hand but you don't know where to start so where do i go from here what do i do but an EHL student, they have the confidence, they have the contacts, they might already have a job even before they graduate because they have done the internships, they've met the industry, they have the contact of the um, alumni network. So they get out there and they got this. Now, when, when a student uh, graduates from EHL and goes out there into the world of work, in a way, that student is an ambassador for EHL because people will look at him or her and say, OK, this is an EHL graduate. What sort of attributes do you foster in those students while they are with you? Uh, so looking forward to sort of helping them move forward with their lives, because EHL has a very special ethos. Um, what, what is it that you are trying to achieve during those years that you are teaching that student? What's, what's the sort of the outcome that you're looking for in terms of the personal qualities of the student before they go out into the world of work? Well, definitely professionalism. Um, and I would hope that uh, in some aspects also um, that they are 
passionate about what they do because you can really tell if a student who comes to EHL really wants to study at EHL. They show this passion when they talk about their studies, when they talk about working in hospitality in any kind of form, um, their eyes start to sparkle. And it's the same when they graduate. So when they graduate and they look for their job, they have this sparkle and they have this passion and this motivation to, um, to get into the world. Um, and I would think that our students uh, are approachable and they, they form a great community. So they really want to stay in touch, stay connected, um, and be, be part of a great industry. Okay, Yara, I'm convinced I want to come to EHL. How do I maximize my chances of being accepted? Well, um, like I mentioned before, show your motivation, show your passion for the industry and for EHL. Um, show us that this is really the place that you want to be. What can you contribute to EHL? Are you um, a, a person who, who, would, who would fit in into the student body, who would fit into the campus, who really wants, this is what you want to do? Now, um, before any student can actually go to EHL or indeed any other university, they have to make the application. Can you describe the application process, the deadlines, the paperwork, what they need to do, etc.? Sure. We have two semesters. Basically, the students are able to um, decide if they want to work, sorry, if they want to study uh, starting in September or starting in February. A lot of students, they finish their um, their high school and they want to study right away. So once they finish around May, June, July, they go into their studies in September. But some students, they also want to take a little bit of time and do a gap semester. And we really encourage that because this is the time to do it, right? We, talking of experience, um, you'd never have the chance again. If you, when you leave high school, before you go into your university, this is the time to really take uh, the time for yourself and travel, learn a language, work, do whatever you want to do. So if you want to take a gap semester, you can start in February. Um, the deadline for February would be in November. The deadline for September would be in May. Um, and the application process is very straightforward. We also have uh, some workshops that students can um, participate in that really guides them through the entire um, process. Just to make it a little bit simple for you to understand, there are three steps. The first step of the application is to upload your documents. That means uploading their passport, an essay, an English certificate, their transcripts, and their final high school diploma if they have it. If they haven't received their final high school diploma yet, they can still apply and send it to us at a later stage. Then the second part would be an online interview, which is a quick interview with three questions that they do with themselves on the computer. It's a recorded interview. And the last step is the motivation day where um, the actual interview happens, which is a half an hour interview with uh, some of my colleagues and a student, along with a computer test and um, a team building activity. So after a student has finished all these steps, how long will they have to wait before they hear whether they have a place or not? It will take the whole application process can take up to three months. Uh, they can also take their time with it and it can take a year. They can log on and off as many times as they want. Um, once they have completed all the steps, it will take about three weeks for them to receive their final decision.
Um, I know that in some parts of the world, uh, students or their families uh, work through an agent. Um, in terms of applying to EHL, does it improve the prospects of acceptance if a student goes through an agent? Definitely not. No, <laughs> I would have to say no, because we want to see that the student can take this into their own hands. We barely even like to talk to their parents. Um, Sometimes the parents are the ones who call us because obviously they're the ones paying for it. But we really want to know that our students are the ones who can um, go through the process on their own and they can take this uh, in their own hands. Now, um, you've really given us a, a very detailed and very interesting look at EHL. Um, supposing I am a, a prospective applicant, a prospective student, uh, and I want to get answers to some more questions, who should I address the questions to or who should I contact? Yourself, <laughs> Jeremy, or myself. So feel free. Would you like me to give you my email address for, for contact purposes? I'm happy to answer any questions and guide them through the application process. Yes, please. That'd be very helpful. Okay, great. So uh, my email address is yara with a Y, Y-A-R-A -A, dot ribeiro, R-I-B-E-I-R-O, M-I-S-S-K-E. Miske two at ehl.ch. Thank it's you. It's a long name, I know. <laughs> yes, it is, but <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, the listeners who who want information will be very grateful for any help that you can give them. Um, sort of, we're we're almost at the end of of this interview. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to to add that we haven't already covered? Um, yes, Jeremy. It's very, it's very hard to to show uh, the passion for 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 this um, for this institution through through a podcast or um, through an interview. I think the best way for the students, anybody who's thinking about applying anywhere, if it's for EHL or for another university, if it's for hospitality or for something else, I would always recommend that they go and they visit the campus. They talk to the students, they speak to the ones that have gone through the process before them, and they really find out if this is what they want to do. It's an investment of their time, of their money, of their energy. So to make the right decision there, um, it would it would take a little bit more effort, but it's worth it. I mean, this this is certainly an opinion which, which uh, I, I would endorse because I've worked with many, many students who have expressed an interest in hospitality. Um, some of them had done a lot of research. They were very clear about uh, what a hospitality program involves and, and also looking beyond the, the university course, what sort of careers that they might possibly move into. Other students um, have heard about hospitality, but are not too clear exactly whether it would be a good fit for them. Um, these students, I always encourage them to go and visit uh, EHL or perhaps one of the other hospitality universities, whichever one they've expressed an interest in. And uh, in most cases, they, they have come back and shared their experiences with me. And they've, they've all told me that having visited they had a much clearer picture about what was actually involved in terms of, of the study program 
and also what careers would open up afterwards. And I think that's an enormously useful thing for, for any high school student to go and visit the university, be it a hospitality university or some other type of university as well. Now, um, EHL, of course, is the world leader in this field and has been for as, as long as anybody can remember. Um, and thus, it's a very competitive university. Um, I, I always encourage my high school students to, you know, aim for the top. If it's your dream to go to EHL, then go for it. But um, just in case they don't get a place, uh, they're going to have to have a plan B. Are there any other universities or places that you would recommend a student to have on their plan B just in case they don't get into EHL? Well, the plan B should be to apply again. <laughs> Whatever went wrong, B, yes. <laughs> Whatever went wrong the first time, uh, maybe it can be fixed for the second time. Um, otherwise, I mean, EHL, we do have the campus in Pasuk, uh, which is another option for, for students who don't get into the campus in Lausanne because the campus in Lausanne is a little bit more academic based and the one in Pasuk is a little bit more practical. Um, otherwise, if it depends if the student is really focused on business um, because our graduates, um, like we mentioned before, they go to companies like L'Oreal, Coca-Cola, Nestle, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, but also Mandarin Oriental or Four Seasons. So if they want the hospitality side, then they can look for another hospitality university. Uh, if they want a more business side, then they would focus on business and then it always depends on the location where they want to go. I think that's something perhaps we we, we didn't really focus on enough. We, we obviously focus on the hospitality industry, logically. Uh, perhaps it might be worth pointing out that not everybody who graduates goes into a, a business which is hospitality. Uh, some students go off and work in, well, all sorts of different places. Exactly. Actually, more than 50% of our students don't stay in hospitality, um, but hospitality related uh, industries, and they go off uh, into more marketing or, or financial um, companies like even UBS or other banks. Yeah, I think I think it's worth uh, emphasizing this point that if you are considering going to study hospitality, you don't have to end up working in a hotel, you can go into all sorts of other businesses. And this, this is a misconception, which I'm sure you've come across many times, and, and I have as well, talking to my students, because, yeah, a lot of students, they, they, they don't really have the experience to understand this. So I think... Unfortunately, yes. But I yeah. have just one more point that I wanted to mention, yes, Jeremy, please. because the employers that um, employ students not just from EHL but in general who study hospitality um, they have this extra uh, edge so this uh, soft skills that you mentioned before which um, you can study pure business and you will have a great degree but if you have the soft skills that come with a hospitality study then you have this extra edge which is the human touch which is the the soft skills that we were talking about before which a lot of companies really value nowadays I, th I think it's, it's true to say that EHL fosters, as you said, professionalism, uh, dedication, focus, and a whole range of soft skills which are enormously valuable in you know, just about every industry or, or business you can think of. Yara, thank you so much for being our guest today. I've really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I hope that our listeners now have a, a much clearer picture of the opportunities that EHL can offer them if they choose to apply. So Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share 
the Find Your Best Future podcast.